0: Good day. Welcome to the Trend Podcast with Justin A. Williams. I am Justin A. Williams, of course, your host, and this is The Trendy Place, and we are bringing you information from all across the spectrum. Today, we have a fantastic guest for you today. Just first, as a disclaimer, the views expressed today are not the views of our parent company, New York Trend Media. They are only the views of our guests, no more, no less. We are a place of dialogue and um, hopefully change. So, Okay, so today we have Kevin Kohey. Did I say that correctly? You sure did. Okay, great. And we are going to talk about a plethora of things. But, you know, what's what? if anyone saw the new show that came out on HBO, which was depicting, it was a sci-fi show, but it was depicting what happened in Tulsa. And it was depicting an era of, after slavery, after the Gilded Age, an era of economic empowerment for black people. Now, this is kind of new to some people. And people are saying, where did this go? How did this just happen? And we never learned about it. Right. How could we have been robbed of such a, a golden age that didn't spread? What happened to it? Right. And there's different narratives about it. And we're also going to talk about black empowerment and things like that. Now, for our audiences all over the world, people who are not black, this is important to you, too, to understand that for any situation, when you have a, a minority group that has been historically oppressed in a country, and this can apply to places in Eastern Europe, it can apply to places in Africa, South America. When you've had the situation, that story matters and that story can inspire other stories. So we're here with our guest and Kevin, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Kevin Kohi. I'm the chairman
1: and CEO of 1 United Bank, which is the largest black-owned
0: bank in America. Wow. That's amazing. So so where can, where can we start? Uh how did you, oh, so where, how did you begin your journey in the banking world? What inspired you? Who were your heroes growing up? Um, I know I see, uh, the audience can't see, but we have Martin Luther King and Malcolm X on the wall. So uh, who who inspired you to get into this particular field and try to create change this way?
1: Wow, that goes back to the 1800s. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I, uh, my great, great grandfather was Charles Cohee. And Charles Cohee was instrumental in the creation of what you call Black Wall Street, Greenwood. Mm -hmm. Um, That story starts with with why Tulsa, Oklahoma, out of all the places in America where Blacks could build a prosperous community, a prosperous self-sustaining community, why Tulsa? Why not New York, Philly, these big, much bigger cities? Well, the the background on it is, is that the proverbial 40 acres and a mule, which was a real concept, slavery ended, blacks deserved economic justice so they could be effective in society. Mm -hmm. And getting that 40 acres and a mule was critical to, to building economic wealth. Well, the the only place that black people got the 40 acres and a mule was in Oklahoma. Mm. And my great, great grandfather was instrumental in the negotiations with the United States government to get the 40 acres and a mule.
0: That's so incredible. That's
1: a that, wow. that, And so what's important about the story is you you, you always hear this talk about reparations. Mm-hmm. Well, if we had been given the reparations then, mm-hmm. immediately after slavery, we wouldn't right. be where we are now. Right. And it's just, it, it's it's hard to make something out of nothing. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so that, so, so that legacy, the legacy of the Cohes, the legacy of, of Charles Cohes, amongst the others was systematically working to do what people call garner the economic spending power of black america and to rechannel it back into our communities to create mm-hmm. economic political and social strength within our society so i was born into this i was i was never i was never not doing it this is but your destiny it, 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 it's my legacy Legacy, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh one of the things that that allows people to be success successful is having continuity through generations. That's right. why people they talk about generational wealth and the importance mm-hmm. of, of of generational wealth. Well, in, in this particular case, both on my on my father's side, what we just talked about, but on my mother's side, uh her her brothers were In Black Panther Party, they were involved in other other civil rights organizations. And so I can remember as as young as being four or five years old and being in in civil rights organizations meetings and and being told by one of the brothers, hey, man, you know, we need we got enough brothers out fighting these battles in the streets. We need cats like you to get control of the institutions, man. This is cats. We need yes. to do something like the control of a bank, something like right. that. That's, right. that's, that's where power is in America. Right. And so from that seed and with the legacy of my family, I was always working towards getting control of a bank, having an actual bank, a FDIC insured commercial bank that was owned, not run, not controlled mm-hmm. but owned by black people. Right. And that's what one united is. It's very unique in that aspect. It's not something that's managed by black people because as you know, black people manage the plantations. We've been yes. managing stuff for a long time. Yes. We, we don't own anything. Right. And and that's that's what's unique about about One United Bank. It's actually a black owned financial institution that okay. is designed that's designed to create nationwide economic change for black americans that's what it does it devises systems it's creating mm-hmm. it's created technology it's more it's more than just a bank it's also the leading black owned technology company mm-hmm. it, it has customers on a nationwide basis it, it 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 has what we call modern day financial services and products they it, Zelle, Venmo, Cash App, all those kinds of things are integrated into our application. Uh, wow. we, we, have, we have products like CardSwap, which allow you to, to track all your subscriptions. We we have auto pay. Our, our customer wow. can use, you know, uh, any chase ATM. So we have an extensive ATM network. You can go into places like 7 Eleven and mm-hmm. conduct transactions with One United Bank's products. But the significance Mm. of of what it does is it it allows for Black leaders' dream, Malcolm and Martin, to W.E.B. Du Bois. They all knew we needed to be organized and to be effective in society. Yes. There was just no way to do it. A big accomplishment for for us was, hey, the Million Man March. We sent Mm. a million people uh, to to Washington, D.C. Well, Today, with technology, the Internet allows you to contact a million people a day. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and that organizational tool is the key. The, the, mm. the Internet is the key to overcoming the challenges created by systemic racism in our society. Yes. That 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 technology will want it will spur the anti-racism movement. So mm-hmm. that's the first hurdle stop individuals and corporations from being racist. But that's yeah. not enough. You can't, cause to say you're not a racist is only part of the battle. Because mm-hmm. that means you're a neutral. So that right. means if somebody, if some rogue police officer has his foot on my neck, you think it's okay for you just to stand there and be neutral because you're be not- a bystander. A, yeah. yeah, okay. No, we need our society the the, the the America will become adopt anti-racism as a core value. The whole concept of being conscious in your thought about what's happening not just with your actions, but the actions of others. And that will eliminate over time the effect of systemic racism in our society. Corporations, for example, are having a harder and harder time being racist. That there's less and less places to hide. Why? Why? Because of people like Justin, that his his ability to communicate with vast numbers of people who will call you out, who right. will cancel right. you for your behavior, exactly, <laughs> like literally, and. So the internet has changed everything. It, it, when I say the the internet and its accoutrements, as I call them, things like the mm. cell phone, allow mm. for the masses for Black America and its allies, and that's important. This is not a Black thing; it's really an American thing. Right. And, and, and there, there is certainly at least half the country is anti-racist, and that right. point of view, that point of view allows will allow our society to continue the American dream, to to do what we call perfect our our democracy. The whole idea of all men and women being created equal with the opportunity for liberty and justice for all. Those very American ideals are what will rid us ultimately of racism, racism out of the way, coupled with black american leadership recognizing the importance of making financial literacy a core value of black americans where black american families sit around and talk about things like investments and savings and home ownership and you're sitting at the, when you're at the kitchen table and the discussion is hey justin do you have a will uh, have you ever heard of this thing called a pandemic covid where's your will and, that, and and that's the, those are the kind of discussions when you and your, your, your buddies are sitting around watching the basketball game or football game or something, you're talking about what could be a profitable business. How could you how can you use this amazing new technology called the internet to create a, 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 to figure out a way to deliver products and services both locally, nationally, and internationally. You will see the creativity of Black Americans shine through as we come to understand the business opportunities created by the Internet. So we're going through a renaissance in our society that is changing. Every aspect of it is being changed by this technology.
0: That's incredible. I mean, you know, all the stories that I've ever heard and the show that I was talking about is called Lovecraft. That was on HBO. Um, yes. All the stories I've ever heard growing up, you know, my father worked on Wall Street. Uh, he worked at a couple of different firms, Bear Stearns, things like that. And I always used to talk to him about his life when he was in college in the early 70s and how different he was and his ideas were, were different, right? At that time, he had never learned about economic empowerment from his father. He had never learned about starting your own business or um, a will or, uh, you know, 401k or any ideas that were financial. He went and became an English major in college, and he was going to become, you know, a writer, a, 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 a traveling artist, something like that. And then he took an economics class, and this was right when um, this was after Sam Cook. I think was was unfortunately deceased, but he used to listen to Sam Cook all the time in uh, in college. And when he heard Sam Cook talk about, I think on a clip about economic empowerment, right? How he owned his own masters and how. Yeah, there's a lot of, protests can help, um, speeches can help, marches can help, but if you don't have institutions under your control, if you don't, if you can't fight systemic racism with your own systems, right, uh, then you're not winning the whole battle. And my father learned that he impressed upon me that you have to be economically independent and literate and educated, right? And you have to spread that to the next generation, right? My job, and he passed away uh, about 11 years ago, but... You know, he said that his job was to make sure that you and your sisters understand that as black people in this country, you're only as powerful as you are economically able to get a stake in society. Right. And now he says, you know, he said, I have to press that to my children, to five children and then their grandchildren. And what will happen is a generational legacy like you're talking like you have with your family. Uh, That's it. The, the, yeah. the, the old adage. Each
1: one teach one is applicable right. here, and that's what you're describing. That's that's the work. That's the work that, that Black Americans need needed need is what your father did. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, all of us aren't lucky enough to have fathers or grandfathers right. who could teach us these days. And then that's where your leadership and your institutions come in. And right. that that's that that's where one year enter one United Bank, which yeah. is the institution that has the institutional, the the institutional has the institutional genius to be able to create the technology to take to, to be able to build technology systems that are comparable to any large American corporation, but to have them still owned by black people. Mm-hmm. So that those systems can be used in ways that, mm-hmm. that, that other corporations are simply not going to do. Right. And so that's, that. so that becomes the battle. The battle is, is, is creating viral messages to, mm-hmm. to get to the justins of the world. And then mm-hmm. Justin t- teaches one. Right. And, and one teaches another and, right. and learning about see mm-hmm. making money, building wealth, is it's it's systematic. It, it's it's not even all that hard. It's right. just being, it's just being very systematic. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if someone has started you off, in fact, you are so young, you could even do it now. If you even right now start systematically saving, it doesn't right. matter what you're doing. I mean, if you could put put together aside twenty dollars a week and just do yeah. that, okay. this this math called compounding. Which is this mm-hmm. amazing thing, and and the richest people in the world will tell you that's the most powerful thing there is. Compounding, just being systematically putting money into something, you know, whatever. If you put in the savings account, bank, yeah. you start there, and 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 you and you you experience the the over time the the impact of compounding. If you just go look, go on the internet and look at look at a compounding table, you'll be like, "What, man? That that math is a monster." <laughs> yeah, you know. So 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 there, there's about six core transactions that you need to understand in order to systematically build wealth. So now now you you can't be oppressed. So Black America and its allies have to stop society from oppressing you and giving right. you access to opportunity. Mm-hmm. But with that in place, with that sufficiently in place for, for, for you to be able to function in a society, then it's learning about the basic stuff. I, here again, I always said, uh, wills. I, one of the things that, that currently is uh, challenging me is here we are in the middle of a, of a pandemic and still black Americans don't have wills. A huge percentage of our population simply doesn't have wills. And you would think that in the middle of a pandemic, everybody would recognize that you gotta prepare for unexpected events. Bad mm-hmm. things happen to good people. And that the will is it's is a key instrument in the transfer of wealth from generation to generation. So that's why it's so important to, to us, because you know, as, as we think about the future of black America. and and where we need to be positioned in society, systematically moving money from generation to generation is key. This whole credit score business, this whole business of people evaluate you to determine whether they're going to give you money to do things. And most things that you need to do that are of any size require money. So here again, it's a systematic process of so understanding where you are. You know, lots of times black Americans are afraid. They don't even want to look at the credit score. They're like, I, yeah. I'm just not gonna look. I'm just not you can't make me look and I'm not gonna look.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> and but of course, like anything else, you look at it and then and then there's all kind of techniques one can use over time to build credit score. Understanding we just talked about savings and this thing called investments, like, like. When you what, what do you do with the, the the money you have, however little it is? How do, how do you put the money to work? The money's right. got to work too. The money's got to right. do most of this. Okay, right. you, you're, the money's like the car. You you're the driver. You 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 the but the work's done by the car. The money money makes money. Money begots money if you understand money. Insurance here again, the age of COVID. I mean it. it it's, it's such an important tool to protect yourself and your family, and then also you can build wealth through it. So that's that's another one of the transactions. The big one that killed us was when you were when you were talking earlier is not having access to homes. Mm. White Americans have more wealth than Black Americans for primarily one reason. After all, we just talked about. The, the main reason, I would say, 85% of the difference is caused by home ownership. Wow. I.e., mean, white Americans had the ability to buy homes in white communities. Guess yeah. what happened to homes in white communities? They went up in value.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you could sell them, and you you could you know end up with several hundred thousand dollars just because you sat in a home that Black people were excluded from or weren't given access to capital through financial institutions to be able to get the mortgages to buy it. It's, it's really the combination of those two things. but it's segregation was a beast. Uh, yes, did it feel really bad? It felt really bad in terms of the degradation of being treated uh, as as, as, uh, uh, as something less than that hurt. But the beast was losing out on the value of your of your home escalating. That's the one that killed the money. I mean, yeah. I mean, we might be all right, continue to live in separate communities, okay? But it's one the home's going up by you know doubling and tripling, and the other one, the home is going down in value. And mm. and, that, and that and that is not that and here again. That's due to how resources were allocated in cities. I mean, if, if in certain communities you don't have access to security, the police aren't there. If you don't have access to maintenance, if you don't have a the, the huge one, schools putting the inferiors. You know, I'm, I'm going back. You talked about your history, and they talked about the 50s and 60s. And all if black communities had horrible schools. And what what is a horrible school gonna do to the value of your home? Man, I mean, it's it's gonna take it down like there's not, there's hardly anything it can take it down more. Who's gonna want to live in your house and Man, raise their kids in an area that's got a crappy school? Yeah. Okay. So so that's how this stuff ties together. And so that home is it it's wasn't that it isn't and was not that white people are smarter or or more courageous in investments or anything. It's just their homes went up in value. And then yeah. that created this differential that we, that we now call the racial wealth gap. That's, that's oh, what, okay. that's what's at the core of the racial wealth yeah. gap. So it seems get, to me like, Oh, yeah. continue. Well, I was just going to say that it seems you know, like, fun, cause I just want to have people to have them all. Yeah. Um, and then looking at a profitable business, look, looking at profit, look, looking at businesses, understanding business as an opportunity and devising a plan to, to have one. Now, you don't need to do all of these. I mean, you can just do one of them. Now, our our program is called One Transaction. It's called One Transaction because what we do is we teach you about the transactions and then we motivate you. We take Justin, we we start with, and say, Justin, man, let's understand where we are here. Okay, let's mm-hmm. let's do a financial wellness analysis. How much money's coming coming in here? Where is it coming from? How much is going out? Why is it going out? Evaluating that, what we would call financial wellness. And most times what you find is just getting people to understand, to actually understand what's happening with them financially is, 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 is a key underpinning to be able to understand, hey, you know, there's money coming in, there's money going out. We have to know that. We have to know what the deal is we have to know what's going on here. What's up, Justin? Like, you know, and then, and then, then once we get that understanding, then that's the foundation for starting to layer on these transactions one at a time.
0: Sounds like a great plan. And I think our audience can definitely, you know, we've talked in different episodes about like a strategic plan for people, right? Like how do you, what are, what are the steps you need to take in different avenues? And I think obviously those, those steps are, are, Really powerful and really permanent. And I think those are things that, you know, unfortunately, you know, mostly white people are able to tell and talk about to their kids and grandkids. You know, I think a lot of white families, uh, particularly uh, affluent ones, are able to say, yeah, you know, I had an uncle who worked in the stock market, right? I had a grandfather who was a lawyer and a mother who uh, is a doctor. Or maybe a financial advisor works in futures, right? And they're able to empower me in a way where, I get, where even if I don't go into that business, I still know how to economically empower myself. And these are what I call like little engines, right? I mean, there's so many engines for certain people because of they've got a head start, right? I mean, when primarily Caucasians were conquering the, the United States basin, the body of this country... They said, "Look at all this property. Okay, what property do we want? Well, let's take the high ground, right? Okay, and then with the high ground, we're going to build a nice little town around it. And then what happens with that? Hundred years later, all that property is really valuable, right? But when you had black people moving west, like a places like Colorado and California, right? Where were they told to go? Oh, wherever you can, where, wherever you will allow you to go, right? Wherever you can, you can find. Sometimes just camping out in the middle of the of the woods, right? I mean, there was no way of building an infrastructure for black people in terms of housing." early on in talking about the Gilded Age where white people were building housing like gangbusters there's a new show coming out called the Gilded Age about the building of the infrastructure of New York there are black characters obviously but what was what, what what was what were the Roosevelts doing to Long Island right what was Robert Moses doing to Long Island what he was doing is he was making a haven for economic empowerment for white people in the suburbs because he knew that that area of Long Island was going to be so valuable to wealthy people to people who don't want to live in the city white flight all that stuff and i just think it's fantastic that you have you know the, the these great ideas about you know simple ideas you know a lot of people get intimidated uh by a lot of this jargon right they say it doesn't apply to me i don't understand i didn't live in school do you think we should edit how we teach in schools too do you think instead of learning just about pythagorean theorem uh, we should also learn about economic empowerment, particularly in black neighborhoods.
1: Uh, yeah, we, I mean, one of the major problems is we we don't teach financial issues in schools. Our schools don't have financial issues as part of the curriculum at all. Right. No. So, 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 so it's you got to start. <laughs> you got to recognize that, uh, frankly, as as important as some of these things are, social studies, as an example. And, you know, I love learning about societies and how they move and change. But boy, hey, you got to know about the money. Okay. You're not going to get around that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, and so yes, it, it has to be installed as a starting point. And, 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 and that's, you know, that's a big one in our society. And to your point earlier, uh, you know, when you talked about when the people were building, you're, you're spot on, you know, building these enclaves, one of the things that they strongly believe was a key to the successful building of these enclaves, like, like you're talking about places like the Hamptons, as an example, mm, yeah, right. was keeping the black people out. They, right. they, they wouldn't, you couldn't get in if you
0: had all the money there was. Mm. They or have. if you if you had land they'd take it right there's a there's a court case recently in California about a family that yes. uh their land was stolen uh earlier yeah. on in the century and they got it back yeah
1: no I I'm very I'm I, I have a home in Los Angeles that, uh and yeah I mean that, that it, it was beachfront property they they mm-hmm. they they created a beach club for for black people to be able to go mm-hmm. to now you know, I mean, you no, know, I pass it all the time. It, it, it's uh, right there, it's like kind of that Manhattan Hermosa Beach area, right on the right on the water. They had eight acres, acres right next to the water, and they literally took it. But here again, that's the legacy of America. That that thing you talked about 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 uh, you know white some white Americans uh, coming to America and then and then. Seeing all this land and then starting to pick the land out. Well, one thing you got to add to that story is when Europeans came to America, the whole thing was occupied. Right. And all of it. Like, like, right. like, <laughs> you know, like, talk well, there was these wide open spaces. <laughs> it, was all, it was all just there for the taking. No, it wasn't right. there for the taking. It was not right. for you to take. It was already owned. Okay. Right. It was owned by organized groups of people, many of which you had, you had tribes, the five civilized tribes. They, they they, had governments, they had armies, they Democracies. had the, the stores, the clothing, yeah. the whole thing. They were full-blown yeah. society-owning land that we just came in and was like, whoa, you know. Look, it's, it's no white person there. I can just snatch right. it. So, right. here again, now, the leg, the the you know that you know that is such a a sensitive topic in our society now, uh you know this whole this whole business of of what are we going to teach what what truths are we going to teach. How much how much can how much can our society take? I mean that mm-hmm. it, that's become a recent political issue. Like you know mm-hmm. this whole business of what you're talking about now is critical race theory, right. How much truth can we take I mean mm-hmm. you know I'm you know, I'm dealing with the you know, issue now um where you, you know we had the good fortune to to uh to have access to a photo of a slave ship wow the, the, you know we're told it's the only one that exists and of course really yeah wow. yeah because you know photography came along after slavery right. Right. At the end. But as you know, you know everybody didn't quit just because they said quit. Right. <laughs> okay. right. like, slavery's over. Hey, you know I'm I'm out of the slave trade. I know mean, that unfortunately, you know, you know some people continued it. And uh and what was so striking about it and and you know I'm going through a period of reflection with it is that uh <laughs> the dirty little secret of the slavery. I mean I mean tell you the dirty little secret of slavery. Okay. The slaves were mainly kids. Really? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't Big Justin or yeah. <laughs> they were taken. Okay. You don't take, but just think about this for one second. If you were a slave trader, what are you going to want? You're going to want an eight to 12 year old. Wow.
0: Yes. That, that makes sense.
1: I mean, just, <laughs> and, and so, and so, and then that, that reality of, wow. This wasn't. This was in so many ways child abuse.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, huh. you you were stealing children, and and right. and and that and that that you know, and so it kind of you know we we the way that we see the images of slavery, you know, but just change that to a bunch of little eight to twelve year olds, right? In in those stories, in every story you see. And then that that becomes you know that becomes the the important history that ultimately we all have to come grip, to grips with. We, mm-hmm. we none of us are perfect, okay. Right. All of us have flaws. That's the nature of human existence. And for so long, you know, people, you know, it's hard to convince. Uh, uh, I'm just using this as a as a stereotype. A a a, uh, uh, a housewife, uh, you know, you know, white middle-class housewife that, that you should be able to tell the story of her great, great, great -great grandfather who was, uh, buying kids. I mean, that, that's not a story people try to tell. (laughs) Right. They, they want their kids to believe that, that their ancestors were perfect and they were heroic and they charged over to the barbarian field and, uh, and civilized it and, and, and the savage and great society called America. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Okay, no, okay. Since 1619, you want to talk about who built it? Okay. Uh, I mean, it, it, nobody has more blood in the sand than black Americans. We've been right. building this thing since 1619, Okay, so right. this, this is this is you know very much a something that we were a part of. But the, the, I don't want to lose the point. The point is, you know, that when you get to the issue, the issue of telling our story, which has to be part of the healing process, and I'm thinking about that now. How 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 do you is it the truth and nothing but the truth? Or can we not handle the truth? You can't yeah. handle the truth. You know that right. I mean, right. movie,
0: um, yeah. "Few Good Men."
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know. If we I don't know if we can handle the truth, but I know we need the truth. The truth. What the truth does is it allows us to to the, the realities to come out. The realities that number one, there is no white and there is no black. All of us are brown. We're just a a continuum of Okay. Mm -hmm. If we stop talking about this in terms of there's this white person, which there isn't, there's no such thing as a person, a human being, a homo sapien that's white in color. Right, right. And there's no such thing as a homo sapien that is black. Right. We recognize that, and as long as we use that that kind of language, we're going to divide I'm a white you're a black no you are we're you you you're 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 a brown and I'm a brown okay <laughs> right, right right it is okay and and but you know that's thats now you got me going a little further out there you know where, where 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 I believe we will ultimately go I'm trying to you know you know it will evolve into that and people are like wait a minute i mean here again you know you know uh you know I also live in Boston and you know, it's one of the, it's, you know, one of the things about Boston is white Bostonians don't run around talking about they're white because why? Because they, they carry their European legacy. I, I'm i British. I'm from Scotland. You're Italian. Your last name begins with a vowel. You're less than you're Irish. Oh, you're the working class. Mm-hmm. So they, those, those, those different Europeans weren't thinking about themselves as being the same thing, i.e., white.
0: Right, that's true.
1: Okay, yeah. and, you know, and, and, and it's only when when we allow that concept to develop that we set the right. framework for this yeah. whole issue of racism among people.
0: Well, do you know one of the first times? Oh, and do you know one of the first times in the American context? And I've talked about this in the podcast before. Where whiteness was used as propaganda to divide people, divide white people, uh, was Fran- was the Bacon's Rebellion, Francis uh, Bacon's Rebellion, in um, the before the Revolution uh, in in this country around Virginia uh, area, West Virginia, I think. And um, what happened was you had Irish people, working class, who were indentured servants, teaming mm-hmm. up with free free blacks and teaming up to say we want to push west. Right, because natives tribes are encroaching upon our what we try to the whatever land we have and we need protection so these free blacks and Irish people came together and they were protesting right now it was a big big rebellion because against the, Br- the British government because it was the first time Americans really rallied against the British government in some kind of a violent aggressive way and the British government said this because you know they 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 had clever ideas they said look what, look what we've done in other areas of the world. How do we conquer India, right? We went to India and all those people are so divided to themselves in terms of their identities. Mm-hmm. And what we did was we smashed them together and make them one, right? And silenced them. But what if we do something the opposite this time? What if we tell these Irish people that no, you're like us, you're like good white British people. You don't have to worry about these black free blacks. Don't team up with them. That only hurts your cause. You wanna give what you want, then you got to hate them, too. And that created the propaganda mechanism and the tool and the culture of separate and divide race people based off of race and ethnicity, off of artificial perceptions. Yeah. They mastered that class. I mean, they did it all over the world yeah. and it still persists today. You know, I, I, my mom does never wants me to go to Boston. Right. Because she's like, Boston is not a place for a black man. Right. Cool. But why is that? because of these perceptions that we have. And we get into this mode where we are all antagonistic to each other at some level. Sure, we don't say it in polite company, but when you go and you're in somebody's house and maybe you're related to them, or you have that one uncle that comes over for Thanksgiving, they're all gonna talk about some group that they don't like for whatever reason, in every family. Yeah,
1: and I'm, uh, and, and you're know that's you absolutely right. That, that's what I was speaking about. Is the, how the creation of the symbolism is perpetuating, perpetuating everything. It's you know it it, it, it it it's it's where ultimately the the end of this whole issue of racism as we know it is when we recognize that there's no such thing as a white person, there's no such thing as a black person, there's just a bunch of brown people who. Right. Or have to learn to live together, and who are stronger by working together. Now yeah. that that process goes as you go through this process, as 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 if we're going through it. Okay, like mm-hmm. we are going through it. I, I, what I'm describing to you is what's happening. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not not it's not what might happen. It's actually right. what is happening. It's just mm-hmm. you you know you you have to you know I'm fortunate enough to be in a position to be able to see what's going on. I'm, I have enough of a view of the field to say, oh, OK, th- this is what's happening here. And so, right. so change is, is happening. Uh, is it happening as fast as we would like? No, we're at a important inflection point right now. The, the 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 social justice movement, this 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 day of social reckoning. Uh, will we be able to continue it? Will 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 the gains of. 2021 be perpetuated into the future. Big part of that is keep your eye on the corporations or the corporations going to cut back and they're going to like, Hey, that was all 2021. I was all down with diversity, inclusion and equity, you know, cause they, they were riding in the streets. Now it's 22. That's a whole different day. Hey, I'm getting back to, to, to my, to my former behavior. And, and we as a people have to keep our eye on 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 their behavior and and to make sure they continue continuing to provide provide the opportunities for 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 growth for us all. And so that you know that that becomes the the, the task of 22. As like, do we build on 21 or do we retrench? And that and so it's that so that you know so that's the framework for how I think about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think I definitely see identity politics being something that the media, at least, is going to harp on. I think um, there's a book that I just got; I haven't started reading it yet. It's called um, It's called Woke Inc. And basically, it's about how uh, a lot of conservatives believe that companies are starting to get hip that you can make a lot of money by being social socially justice aware and they say, oh, this is disingenuous, right? They don't care about social justice. They just care about, you know, making money off people who are particularly liberal, socially minded, and care about progressive issues. But what I say is, what I say is, this is a victory because I don't care if a company is genuine. We don't need to manipulate genuineness. What we need to manipulate is dollars. What we need to manipulate is some kind of economic support, right? And attention, this is my idea, but. When you have corporations that say, whatever reason, we're going to pay attention to black issues or Hispanic issues or Native American issues, and we're going to, we'll profit from it, but we're also going to create products and systems that can help these people, and it's a symbiotic relationship, then I think that's a boon for everybody, regardless of the intention. I don't know if you agree with that. Um. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I do agree with it. I mean, I, that's you know yes is, yeah. is the answer. I mean it uh, it it it's it, it's you're discussing the change in society as I see it. So right. so like, I I've noted that that uh you know I'm pleasantly surprised when I hear you talk and 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 to to the what degree that we have the same perspective. You know? Right, right. <laughs> so, so, so I'm happy to hear that.
0: Awesome. So, to as we start to wrap up, I just have a question for you and that is what is the what do you think is the future of black economic empowerment? Where are we now and 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 what do we need to do in the next 5-10 years? Number
1: 1 we need to embrace the technology change that's occurring and how that affects the opportunities for business as we go into the future. We have we have to we have to give up what I what I call buggy whip businesses. These businesses like banking, traditional branch banking is as dead as disco. Okay. If you, as a bank, if you if you haven't evolved out of a, a community banking model, i.e., having a location in, in some community and attracting deposits from that community and making loans in that community, if you haven't evolved to something that that involves technology and how financial services are delivered today, and then how they will be delivered in the future, I mean. The metaverse is real, Justin. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. It's that's, that's like okay, it's that's the real thing. Okay, and yeah, it's going to affect how business is operating. It's going to affect what your business looks like. Yeah. I mean, we're we're not too far from banking. Will be you'll wake up, you know, it probably won't even be a device. It'll probably disappear for you, right? right? A hologram.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. How are
1: you today?
0: Right. If it's okay let's
1: can okay, let's spend a moment talking about your financial wellness. As you told me, you're very interested in in monitoring your expenses and want to look for opportunities to drop them. Well, yeah. press this button and the and the rate on your mortgage will go from 275 to 235. Right. You'll press the button. Shh, re-bu- rebuy. Yeah, right. It's gonna be yeah. that simple, okay? Yeah, there's, there's gonna be no notion uh, of you going anywhere. Like, like you don't like, have to leave your house. Yeah. yeah. Why would you be going anywhere? <laughs> like, right. With, with you you just try to get some banking services. Well, right. Why why are you going anywhere? Right. Why do you need to talk to anybody? And if you need to talk to them, you press the button. Right. Hi, Justin. What can we do for you today? Mm -hmm. so that's what this thing is going to look like man okay the bots are real they're taking the jobs every day okay Mm -hmm. technology is real it's changing all of our businesses so now when you have a mass reshuffling of business opportunities then that's where the that's where the opportunities come in that's that's where that's, that's 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 that create that's where where you have the the equal opportunity to to participate with others uh technology is a big leveler like now now you can identify guys who like to wear long sleeve uh cool t-shirts you can find them all here they are okay then sell them a long sleeve cool t-shirt okay i mean you could never do that before because you right. had to have stores, you had, right. like, you know, how many stores are you gonna have? And if you have stores, you had to have a bunch of employees. You don't even have to be able to make the product today. Right? Like the Kardashians—they—they they made billions. They don't make anything. Right. And the, and that, that that I say that because that's the skill of today. That's the genius mm-hmm. of the day that's the world we have to embrace and that's the world we have to be effective participants in we can't right. get shut out of this whole new wave of development so I, right. so that's a big cornerstone but even bigger cornerstone is we gotta not let these corporations sit back, slip back into I'm not racist mm-hmm. once again there is no neutrality in the racism struggle. You either is or you ain't. you either you either anti-racist or you're racist, okay? you right, one right. or the other, okay? You don't get to stand in the middle because if you stand in the middle, you are a racist. And, okay. and, and we have to continue to, to monitor corporate behavior to, to make sure that corporations continue to provide the, the opportunities, the job opportunities. And we have to make sure that, that, that those among us who do the hardest work, like I'll give you an example. If you look at professions, one of the professions that, 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 that the largest percentage of people who do it are black is, is nursing, the, the, what they call nursing assistants. Well, if you think about it, what can be more important than the person who's there with you, taking care of you when you're dying? I mean, mm-hmm. that's one of the lessons we learned from COVID.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who was going in there? Who was in those hospitals? I mean, I mean, that's that's some tough lifting. I mean, if, if you talk about, let me negotiate for nurses and see what they get.
0: Right. You
1: know what they should be getting paid for doing that? Were you, just in the hospital filled with people with COVID? Right. I don't think so. Right. I think you were right there in your nice home chilling out with Kevin. <laughs> you watching right. the game, okay? They, right. these, these, front, these frontline workers, you know, there has to be adjustments in, in, in how people get paid. So yeah. so, so we, we have to ensure that our workers are getting paid fairly. We have to ensure that corporations continue to buy access to opportunity for every aspect of their business. Whether it whether it's how, who they do, who they use as vendors, or who they're employing, that's an, another another big pillar uh, of it. So 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 I believe the future is bright. I I believe we like right now we we got everything we need. I mean, and it, and it, it, it's not the government. I'll tell you, yeah, It's not the government. It's it's uh, you know, we 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 need our influencers, the justice of the world, to deliver messages to our broader based community. And I I told you the message this, this what we've what we've been talking about here.
0: Yeah. Spread
1: those messages, each one, teach one, and the dream of black America and its allies going back. To slavery, slavery will be realized. We, we're we're just playing it out right now. We're playing it out. We got the technology. You get the organizations. You get our institutions. Our institutions got to get in there. It's our institutions have to do their part. We mm-hmm. have to develop some institutions as a starting point, and then we got to you know. You got to support your institutions. Go to oneunited.com mm-hmm. Banking is not like a wife. You can have more than one bank. Okay. Go to oneunited.com and you will be pleasantly surprised at how you will feel about it. Because the thing about One United Bank, One United Bank has for decades been dealing with the financial issues around black America. We know you and you will feel the difference. You will feel the difference. Number one, we'll make you more wealthy. We just talked about it. That one transaction that that kind of stuff is it's is, is not happening at a bank where you're just getting a service, where you're just the thing is just giving you a checking account and a savings account. We're 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 giving you better technology-driven products while at the same time helping to build black America. So check us out. I mean that I mean that's the key, you know. Uh, Greenwood, why do we use Greenwood? We use Greenwood because that's an example of us having each other's back. Hmm. That's what built Greenwood. We we, we got it, fair treated fairly. We got our, our money to start, and then we had each other's back. We shopped at each other's stores, and we got our haircuts from each other. We we, we 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 worked together in harmony, and that and that's why we did the whole Greenwood thing. Is to remind us. Of when we were successful, it came from us acting in a united
0: way. Wow. well I think I think you've really been you know one of the most inspiring guests we've we've had on our podcast. I really want to thank you for coming on. I think the trenders out here are really gonna take a lot of good action items and products and make the changes they need to make off of this. And I think what we can summarize is what we're trying to say is that you know, the revolution is economic, the revolution is, Institutional and, and to fight a system, you have to create a system you own and push it back. So, I want to thank my guest, Kevin Kohee, today. I want to thank you for listening. Remember, you can share, like, subscribe. We are found wherever podcasts are found. And, uh, Kevin, do you have any last words for our audience?
1: Go to oneunited.com. Yep. We're the real deal. Check them it's really out. Go. It's really great and let let you know we the only way this is going to work is by us working together i mean that black american is allies just like you saw when we went to the streets last year you got justice here again things like what happened down in south georgia vigilantes kill innocent black kid running through his neighborhood unfortunately that's been happening since we got here in 1619 Mm-hmm. The re the reason we got justice is because using technology to bring pressure to bear on the decision makers around that issue, causing and forcing justice. Same right. thing in, in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Road police have been killing black people in major cities since 1619. But technology gives us the opportunity that we never had before to gain political, social and economic power in our society.
0: Right. Definitely. All right. So, again, trenders, thank you so much. And remember, we're better when we trend together. See you next time.